All right. Hey, guys. Welcome to another episode of Pursuing Jesus. My name is Shane Winnings. Thank you so much for joining. This is episode 35. I've titled it How to Stop Living Double-Mindedly. First, I want to thank you so much for listening. We're back on a regular schedule of posting every single day a new episode, every single day except Sunday. And I'm so excited to do this. I want to invite you to partner with us to help us keep going. Consider a monthly gift through Anchor or on Modern Day. Both of those links are in the description. We're asking for 100 partners to consider giving $5, 10 $20 a month. Maybe you feel led to give more. Maybe you feel led to give less. Maybe you don't feel led to give at all. Whatever it is, take it to the Lord and just do whatever He says. But this is how we continue doing ministry. I'm fully supported by generous donors. I don't have a job and I say this every episode because, you know, there's people that um, only look for episodes that apply to them. And so someone might not start at the first one. They might have started here. And so I want everyone to know that's listening. I am a, a traveling preacher and evangelist, and I'm fully supported by donors. And so I want to thank you for listening. Thank you for joining. Make sure if you like this podcast, follow us. Follow on Spotify, Apple, or Anchor. Turn on the notifications, hit that bell. That way when I post a new episode, you get updated. I have it on for myself, and after I post a new episode, it, it pops right up on my phone on my lock screen and lets me know there's a new episode, and it's really helpful, especially if you really like this content. So with all that being said, let's talk about living double-minded. You know, I was thinking about this today, about having divided attention, and I'm willing to bet anyone listening to this has experienced that at some point, whether it's with your family or a friend or a spouse or girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever it is. I know that from time to time I can get caught up working on my phone, which I hate. I wish I didn't have a smartphone. I wish I just had my old G-Shock flip phone or my old phone I bought with my own money when I was 17 working at a shoe store. I bought a new... uh I bought a new flip phone from Verizon, and it didn't have any apps. And at the time, I didn't think that was cool, but the older I get, the less apps I wish I had access to. It's because they all take your time. But I say that to say that I know there's times when Jessica, my wife, is trying to tell me something, and I'm distracted on my phone, and I am unable to give both things my full attention. Now, I did learn to do this to an extent as a police officer, and I got pretty good at it. I could I could really do a good job of maintaining my situational awareness, being aware of my surroundings, taking a statement from a person while also listening to the radio and driving or whatever. I mean, I could, you know, as a cop, you really learn how to do multiple things at once. Um, you know, I, I could drive 120 miles an hour while scrolling on my computer and listening to the radio and thinking about what's going to happen when this pursuit is over. And, you know, are they going to run? Are they going to shoot? Are they going to whatever? I got good at that. But even then, there's still areas that I lack in. You know, when I was a cop, we used to do tests uh, for for drivers who we thought were a DUI, who were under the influence. One of those tests is a divided attention test. And so as we approach a car that we think is a DUI driver, we will ask them 
you know, basic things that we would ask anyone else, but we're really looking for certain clues. And those drivers who were under the influence, they could not do tasks that your normal driver could do. For instance, most people, when I would pull them over, they were able to get their license, registration, insurance, and still kind of communicate with me while they did it. And they would not have any hiccups, you know? I would say, hey, I'm Officer Wayne. I never really did speeding tickets. We were too busy with real crime, you know? I'm not saying speeding's not a crime, but we speeding is an infraction. We were dealing with crime in my city, stolen cars, carjackings, robberies with guns, um, shootings, murders, knife, knife attacks, like domestic violence. We had so much crime, and I worked the night shift, so we weren't necessarily worried about someone going you know, 10 miles over the speed limit. So I rarely ever did traffic stops. But when I did them, especially in training, you have to do them. Hey, I'm Officer Winnings, you know, Federway Police. The reason I pulled you over is because you were doing 50 in a 30. You know, that's 20 over. Is there any reason for that? You know, I give people a chance to tell me. I had one guy tell me, man, I got to poop really bad. Like, I'm so sorry. And I was like, you know what? I actually believe you. Like, go home, just be safe. But you give people a chance to tell you. Most people say, hey, I wasn't paying attention, I'm sorry, you know, or I'm in a rush or whatever. And you at least understand. But I would say, okay, well, I'm going to need your license, registration, and proof of insurance, please, you know. And sometimes while they were getting those things, I'd be like, so where are you heading or whatever. And we would just have a little chit-chat. I'd get their stuff. Most people got a warning, unless they were jerks and they didn't understand. And that's a separate topic, but just know this. A cop's job is to enforce educate and engineer okay not in that order there's not really an order but those are the three things cops are to do educate enforce and engineer engineer being come up with ways to make the community safe like speed traps or you know red light tickets or whatever those things cause you to slow down to be safer that's the engineering piece but most of the time if i felt like i educated someone and they got it I'd give them a warning. The people who were prideful and arrogant and did not want to listen, I had to enforce the law because it seemed like education wasn't getting the job done. So I say that to say, just be kind. Even if, you know, you think the cop is in the wrong, take him to court and explain everything or, or make a complaint if someone is really rude. You should, just like at any business. But for the most part, I will tell you, and most people I worked with, if you're kind... Remember, they're people too. <laughs> Just be yourself. Be honest. Don't be a jerk. And you might just get off with a warning because you will show the police officer that you are educated and you recognize you made a mistake and you're sorry. So all of this to go back to divided attention. Drunk drivers couldn't do this. I would say, hey, I'll need your license, registration, proof of insurance, please. And they'd start grabbing it and I would say, where are you headed? And sometimes they would just stop entirely, and then they'd look at me. Oh, well, you know, I'm just heading home. It's been a long day. Oh, man, yeah, I hear that. Hey, can I get that license, registration, proof of insurance, please? Oh, yeah, 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 sorry. And then they would get their license, and then they would hand it to me and stare at me. I'd say, how about that registration, proof of insurance? Do you have that? Oh, yeah, 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 officer, yeah. Okay, so what time did you leave? You know, where are you coming from? Oh, you know, I was at the bar and just I had two drinks, I promise. You know, I'm not that kind of person. I don't do that stuff. And then they would hand me the registration. They'd forget the insurance. But you're seeing where I'm going with this. 
They're, they they were unable to complete divided attention tasks. Those who are under the influence are unable to divide their attention. They can only do one thing at a time because their mind is not sober. They are not in control. And remember that self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. Now we are called in Titus 2.12 to live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. Soberly is the first thing it says. Isn't that interesting? It starts the verse by saying, denying worldly lusts. Let me tell you this. The world will try to intoxicate you. The world will try to get you to take it in and overtake your ability to think clearly. And if you allow yourself to become filled with the world, you will become double-minded. You will become a person who is unable to focus and complete divided attention tasks. Now, this is referenced in James chapter 1, verse 8. This isn't my opinion. Check this out. James 1.8 talks about asking God without doubting. And if you doubt, you are someone who is double-minded. And the Bible even goes as far as to say, unstable in all of your ways. That verse says, if you ask something in prayer and you ask it amiss, or you ask it without faith, you ask it with doubting present, do not expect to receive anything from God. That person is double-minded and unstable in all their ways. That is an extreme example. How could it say that you're unstable in all of your ways? Like, how could they know about all of your ways? Well, it's easy. Matthew 6.22. Do you notice how this is not my opinion? There's scriptures for all this. The Bible is an incredible book. It is the Word of God. It is Jesus. The Bible says that the Word became flesh and dwelled among us. That is Jesus. Jesus is the Word. The Word isn't about Jesus. The Word is Jesus. Isn't this incredible? And so through the Word, we can find answers to all these things. But how can James 1.8 say that you're unstable in all of your ways? Well, Matthew 6.22. It says that your eye is the lamp of your whole body. And when your eye is single, and when it's fixed on light, your whole body is flooded with light. But when it is fixed on darkness, the light within you is darkness, and oh, how great is that darkness. You see, the capacity for you to carry light, the light of the world, think about that. Literally, God living in us. We have the capacity somehow to be temples and homes for the Holy Spirit, which is the Spirit of the living God. That is massive. But Matthew 6.22 says that when your eye is not fixed on light, that capacity for light, that capacity for God, is darkness. And how great is that darkness? How big is that capacity? So what's the solution? Well, first, before we get to a solution, there must be an examination. Just like when you go to a doctor, they can't give you the solution first. There needs to be an examination. We need to find out what's going on. We need to troubleshoot. Just like when your Wi-Fi is not working. You can't just know a solution right away. You've got to figure out why. It's pretty frustrating. Usually you just unplug it and plug it back in. But when we're talking about double-mindedness, the first thing is that you must ask yourself genuinely and honestly 
without any pride present. Am I double-minded? Listen, you can't heal what you don't recognize or refuse to admit. So first there needs to be an examination. Am I double-minded? Secondly, there needs to be a diagnosis. Yes, I am, or no, I am not. Now, if you answered no, that's amazing. Keep burning for Jesus. Keep your eyes fixed on him. If the answer is yes, then it's simple. There must be a turning away from the things that cause you to lose track of that singular eye. There's a principle of you become what you behold, and it applies here. So let us behold Jesus. Let your gaze be captivated by him. Listen, you don't have a hundred problems. You have one problem, and it's that your eyes are not fixed on Jesus like they should be. The world can easily get you into this place of fruit management, right? Symptom management. Don't go into fruit-fixing mode. It doesn't work. Look at the root. I've said this before. An apple tree does not try to produce apples. It's just what it does. If an apple tree were to produce oranges, then I would say, that is not an apple tree. That is an orange tree. How do I know? Because the fruit is merely a reflection of the root. So if you see bad fruit, don't try to fix the fruit. It's not going to work. You need to look at the root. You need to recognize that there's a root issue and you need to make the necessary changes. So when your eyes are on Christ, your whole body will come into alignment. Your whole body. Matthew 6.22 Whatever your eyes are fixed on, your body will follow. This will cause you to stop living one foot in the world if you just keep your eyes on Jesus. You become what you behold. Come out of the world. Go all in for Jesus and don't look back. Don't be double-minded. Don't be someone who is unstable in all their ways. Don't be someone whose attention is divided. Let's live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age, denying worldly lusts. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Let's lay it all down. Jesus said, if anyone wants to come after me, let them first deny themselves. Pick up their cross daily and follow me. Would we be people who do that and do not look back? Amen? Well, hey guys, thank you so much for joining today. Listen, if this encouraged you, would you share it? Share it on Instagram. Put it in a story. Tag me. Put the link in there. Send it to a friend. Copy the link to this podcast and send it to some family members in a group text. Say, hey, I want to encourage you. You know, I feel like this will help you in your walk with the Lord to just remember to keep your eyes fixed on Him at all times. Even in times of trial, times of trouble, times of testing, it's not always just temptation with sin. It's temptation to doubt, temptation to fear, temptation to worry and have anxiety and stress. This is a great reminder to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Do not let our attention be divided by anything. The enemy will try whatever he can to divide our attention, and we are not going to be people who allow it. Amen? Also, make sure you like the podcast if you do. Rate it, review it 
on Apple, Spotify. That stuff really helps us. I don't just say that to hear myself talk. It really, the higher the rating, the more ratings we have, the more comments we have, it's going to expose it to more people, and we want unbelievers to hear this stuff. There is a hope out there. His name is Jesus Christ, and it's not. he's not going to be found in a self-help book. I don't want the world to medicate any longer. I want them to know the truth and be delivered. I also have a book that I wrote. It's an it's a nine-week devotional. It's only ten dollars. Ten bucks. You can get it on Amazon or on my website, shanewinnings.com. The book is called I Will Always Overcome. Thousands of copies have been sold. It's a self-publish. You can read the reviews for themselves. People are saying it changed their life. And I really believe that because this is these are the truths that changed me. And I want you to know them, and I want you to apply them daily in a three- to five-minute devotional. And you might just think, well, what power can a three- to five-minute devotional have? You know what? Go take a chance, spend $10, and let me know with, a, with an honest review afterwards. I believe it can change you. I want to tell you about a Christian college that you need to attend. If you're looking for a further education, you can go online at your own pace. I'm going to start in October on my master's. They assign you your work, your courses, everything, your your homework's due at the end of the week. I mean, it's really, it's an incredible program. It's a school called Faith International University. It's an accredited Christian college. They've got bachelor's, master's, PhD degrees. It's crazy. You need to check it out. And one of my good friends, John Wheeler, is the vice president and dean of students. So if you go to faithiu.edu, click request information and tell them that you got here because of me or my podcast, my friend John will respond and uh, you'll be able to talk directly with the VP of the school. It's pretty cool. Also, if you want more information, you could follow me on social media at shane.winnings or on YouTube. Just search for my name, Shane Winnings. Finally, I just want to pray for healing for anyone listening that's struggling with any health issues. Before we wrap this up, let's pray. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for this person. Thank you, God, that you love them and you paid the price for them to be healed on the cross through your son, Jesus. And right now, I thank you that every sickness would leave at the sound of my voice. Headaches, go now in Jesus' name. Restlessness, go in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that every bit of pain, every limitation would leave in Jesus' name in every body every joint, every ligament, every bone, every nerve, every disc, be totally healed right now. Every vertebrae be healed now. Every lobe in the brain, you be corrected and healed now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, guys, and we will see you next time.